0: Welcome to Original Mind, Zen Sangha. Today's Dharma talk is given by Andre Taysan Hallow. Tonight's talk is going to be called Where Did I Leave My Enlightenment? Um, there's a video clip online where there was a journalist and he was talking to the Dalai Lama And he tells the Dalai Lama a Dalai Lama joke. And this is what he says, verbatim. He says, so the Dalai Lama walked into a pizza parlor in New York City. And he said, can you make me one with everything? And uh, the Dalai Lama didn't get it. uh, Because, you know, it's, it's an American idiom that he was unfamiliar with. But I think it's illustrative of an important... Um, Buddhist tendency, which is to assume that that we're missing something, and that we either have to regain it, as if we have some sort of fall from an original state of grace, and uh, we, we're trying to reobtain or realign ourselves with the way that things should be. And this can be a dangerous and painful way to live our lives and to, to practice the Dharma because what it does is it creates a mental yardstick that we either intentionally or unintentionally keep applying to every experience that we have so that when we're in emotional tumult, we'll, we'll tend to look at it like, well, I'm a Buddhist or I'm a practitioner of Buddhism and I, I shouldn't feel this way. And that's just another expectation that we have. Another um, expectation that we're imposing upon the raw fundamental experience that we're having right there at that moment. When asked what true Dharma practice is, the Zen master said, you chop wood and carry water. So when you're sad, be sad, and when you're angry, be angry. Now there's skillful ways to be sad and more skillful ways to be angry to express that in Helpful ways to ourselves and for others, of course. But when we try to distance ourselves or step too far away from our emotions, as if um, they're wrong or illegitimate or whatever relationship we we want to create at that moment, what we're doing is imposing our will on. Like I said, that raw substance of of reality. So there's a bird whistling outside at 6 a.m. That's real. There's a dog barking, probably mine because it drives my wife crazy. Or an emotion that keeps popping up inside of our experience that um, we just can't get away from. That's real. And uh, so what oftentimes what practitioners do is bring to the table these assumptions that they have about how they should be feeling rather than opening yourselves up. Now, when the Buddha was asked, what did you gain from your enlightenment? He says, "I I really didn't gain anything. What I lost was greed, hatred and ignorance. Which, which in a way of saying is, I, I've learned acceptance to accept things as they are. Now, not as a doormat. If you have a terrible boss and he or she treats you terribly, by all means, find another job or find a healthy way to communicate that to them. Right. So they're, they're, you know, Dharma doesn't turn us into um, passive pawns in our lives, but it's about developing a skillful way of dealing with those emotions. And as well as the, the circumstances outside that we don't like. Maybe it's a bad relationship, maybe it's a, a neighbor who's uh, crusty. There's a, a great kan where Manjushri, the Bodhisattva of wisdom, appears to in front of the Buddha and uh, he's he's upset because there's this Woman seated next to the Buddha, Manjushri thinks, you know, that, that's my spot. And there's probably some underlying sexism there as well, coming on several hundred years old. So he says, uh, Buddha, why, can't, why, why is she sitting next to you? Why can't I sit there? And the Buddha says, well, I'll tell you what, if you could wake her up from her meditation, her samadhi, then you could sit next to me. So he goes up and he tries to wake her up yells in her ear nothing she doesn't she's completely um unfazed by any anything that he throws at her any loud noises so then eventually the buddha says fine okay it doesn't look like you're getting anywhere so he snaps his fingers and he calls the bodhisattva of delusive wisdom to come over and he said do Manjushri a favor and wake this uh, woman up from her samadhi. And the Bodhisattva of delusive wisdom walks over and snaps his fingers three times, and she comes right out of samadhi. And it's a, it's a useful little lesson there because when we contrast the two figures, there's the Bodhisattva of wisdom, and then there's the Bodhisattva of delusive wisdom. And it's the delusive wisdom, ironically, who's the one who's able to solve this dilemma. what I find really um, interesting about this entire dynamic and this exchange is that either intentionally or unintentionally, it seems to convey that practice is about sitting there divorced from the world as if things go on externally to us and we just don't respond to them whatsoever, as if samadhi is some sort of inner state of peacefulness, where we are completely in a little oasis of our own. Whereas our practice guides us towards this very life right here, right now. So as I was sitting, my right leg was totally numb. And so I became aware of it, not about, the practice wasn't about eliminating that experience or going somewhere that's Edenic, but rather, okay, my legs, my my foot's asleep. When's Andrew going to ring or strike that damn chukvi? Come on, man. How long do these barbarians sit in Princeton? These thoughts just start charting up. And that's natural. That's what the brain does. So instead of trying to quiet the brain, what if we become aware of it in the same way as we become aware of that bird chirping outside, my annoying dog barking. All these things are just appearances, like flashes of lightning. And they'll disappear. And they'll be replaced with something else. So our practice is about cultivating a, a larger container for those experiences rather than trying to weed them out, which is often what we, what we want to do. I want to just have a beautiful garden of emotions instead of all of these vines and entanglements that I tend to feel. We can, we can blanket the entire earth, which is trying to rip out all these unpleasant emotions and thoughts, or we could just get a pair of shoes which allows us to adapt to whatever circumstances arise externally, our boss, our neighbor, the dog, or internally, the thoughts and emotions. So to return to our original question, when we say, uh, where have I left, where did I leave my enlightenment? It goes back to the pizza parlor joke because There's a subtext as if that when the Dalai Lama asks, can you make me one with everything? It's almost suggesting that there's ever a time that you could be apart from everything. Which is an impossibility. Everything we do arises from that fertile ground of, of awareness. we don't need to strive to find enlightenment because that's just a cat chasing its own tail. And throws us back inside of that quagmire where we're always trying to achieve or capture or, or obtain something else, in this case enlightenment, as if it were a permanent state that I could carry around like a medal and show off to people. Rather it's about skillfulness coming back to the present moment over and over and over again and trying to greet it as much as we can with a, a, an, a feeling an awareness of this too is it. Hold the pepperonis. That was Andre Tyson Hallo. Thank you for joining Original Mind Zen Sangha.